Welcome to the Access VFX podcast, pursuing inclusion, diversity, awareness and opportunity in VFX, animation and games industries. Hi, I'm Simon Devereaux, founder and director of Access VFX, bringing the visual effects animation and games industry together, working towards a shared goal to make our industry more diverse and inclusive by taking action rather than just talking about it. Hello, I'm Simon, founder and director of Access VFX, and welcome to season two, episode 26 of the Access VFX podcast. In this episode, we speak to Alicia Huxtable, senior production coordinator at DNEG and Escape Studios Escapee, who is now killing it in her production role. We discuss work-life balance, STEM careers, some excellent industry advice, and how there's more to creativity than drawing. This is another great episode. I swear these conversations keep getting better and better. So stop what you're doing and please enjoy episode 26 of the Access VFX podcast with Alicia Huxtable. Hello, it's me, Simon, and welcome to the Access VFX podcast, season two, episode 26. On each episode of the pod, we open the doors of the Access VFX vault to all manner of guests from visual effects, animation and games who dare brave the big 20 questions. In this episode, we're opening the vault for another very special guest, a graduate of Escape Studios or an escapee with first class honours, no less. Our guest got her break at London's Visualizer Studios. I'm going to talk a bit more about that as we get into the pod. As a generalist artist in August 2019, after a short period in digital marketing. Working her way into production management, she then moved to MPC, specialising as a production coordinator at the studio, doing a pretty impressive stint working on shows such as Disney's Pinocchio, the Halo TV series and the Wheel of Time Origin. Not bad for one and a bit years. She recently moved across to DNEG as senior production coordinator. And from what I hear, she is absolutely smashing it. It's the brilliant. It's only Alicia Huxtable. Welcome. You are welcome. I work <laughs> hard on so these much. intros. Yes, it's fully from LinkedIn and a little bit of IMDb. So thank you for populating your LinkedIn profile because it makes my life a lot easier. Anytime. I love LinkedIn, you know, honestly, I love to just update LinkedIn. I think it's just um, pretty cool to see what people have been getting up to, especially when you work with them. You can check out yeah. where they were before, be a bit nosy. Check it out seems what great because you can on. kind of yeah, actually stalk like people. <laughs> stalk? You can stalk them, uh, not officially, oh, yeah. in, a, in a safe space. Stalk. You can stalk them. Stalk. <laughs> Yeah, 100%. You can like definitely give them a stalking. Yeah, permitted. That's a much better word. Permitted. It's the end of both of our yeah. days, so my uh, my, my linguistics permitted aren't stalking. working like they should. But it, it's the acceptable no, it's phase of stalking. We should, should probably stop talking about stalking because it's, uh, yeah, we're going in dangerous, dangerous territory. But, uh, 100%. It's great to have you on the podcast, Alicia. And uh, yeah, it didn't take us long to make this happen. I usually have a little bit of early chat with our guests where... We talk about how long it's taken us to get you on the pod. And we literally, well, we have a mutual friend in E. e. Wilson at, uh, at Framestore and obviously a former comrade yes. of your, yourselves. And yes. um, yeah, he, we, he's just, we have a chat. And then I thought, well, let's get you on the podcast and have an actual full-blown uninterrupted hour of chat rather than a, a brief exchange. No, totally. totally. Mm, why not? Um, right? So you've not long been at DNEC, have you, Alicia? What, September, according to your LinkedIn movements? Yes, it's actually been just a bit over a month now. Um, it's been a really great month. It's been a lovely experience. And yeah, I'm honestly just keeping the ball rolling on it. I've met so many really cool people. And um, 
Nice. Yeah, I'm loving it there so far, honestly. Yeah, the building's spot, really cool as well, so that's a plus. And how you found, because I've obviously looked at your, yeah. uh, your career so far, so you kind of started it off doing a, a visual effects degree at Escape, right? And then you've kind of segued into, you know, from a, being a generalist artist, as I said in my intro, to specializing in more of a kind yeah. of production role. I mean, how are you finding that transition? So funny enough, so our mutual friend, Ed Wilson, we started Visualizer yeah. Studios together essentially it became it started off as a freelancing brand for us um as i said i studied not studied i I did digital marketing for a year and a year plus so creating the whole branding thing was really cool fun thing for us to do in our pastime while we had downtime we were like why not create the brand create the concept of what we wanted to do was essentially we wanted to capitalize on unreal engine we really saw how Fortnite was just exploded and unreal engine being a really cool free platform we thought let's just use it to our advantage and take a look at what we can actually do on it and um, we ended up creating 3d music videos for a lot of up-and-coming artists and getting a lot of reach and essentially we kind of rebranded it as more of a collective studio than a freelance freelancing brand um, just due to the people I was working with and the people that ended up talking to us and as time developed I stopped I guess stopped finding an interest on the artist side and started to find more of interest on the production side yeah there was one key day where Wilson actually turned around to me um, and it was around like the same week I first got my first industry job in production and he was like you really prefer doing the production things don't you like you'd rather organize everything than actually do the art and I was like yeah pretty much I think um and I think that's when I more took more rain onto that in that week I was probably doing the absolute most in terms of production wise because I think when you're aware of what you like you're able to be more effective and practical with what you do and as opposed to not being actually aware of hey I actually like production But yeah, it was a really, really cool time. Really loved that time, especially getting to yeah. work with Rebecca Wilson 24-7. Well, hello to Wilson, um, if you're listening. Yeah, really I'm sure fun. you will be. Um, and thank you for schooling me right. on, on that. Because uh, Visualize <laughs> Studios, I mean, again, as I said, my lazy, my, my lazy research. Um, I had no idea that it was something you set up off your yeah, own back right. to, I guess, get experience, to connect with clients, to get the work done, yeah. which I think is incredible, really. I mean, how was that, getting that off the ground? Thank you. Um, honestly, it was a lot more fun and as not as painstaking as you'd like to think. I think, obviously, don't mix your friends and business, but me and Wilson already being friends, it kind of just seemed yeah. like a fun project to do. Um, it was an excuse for us to meet up, catch yeah. up, grab a coffee, chit-chat, and then actually have an activity to do that we were both genuinely loved we both studied visual effects as well so this wasn't Mm -hmm. something crazily out of the works we knew what we were doing we were very aware of the software the mechanics of it the fundamentals of it all and it was it was a love for pragmatics I would say it was very much a lot of it was solving problems which I guess was is the fun part of visual effects right when you're an artist just like how do I make this look like that and 
it was just us sitting there for like hours on end trying to come up with workflows and pipelines and get Unreal Engine to work in the way that we wanted it to work, especially yeah. during the development of Unreal Engine. I think this was Unreal Engine 3 going into 4, so it was earlier on in the times. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was really cool. Honestly, it was more fun than anything. It was genuinely really cool, really fun. It was nice to be able to independently find an image in our heads alone that only us can see and then make that real without any other external factors just two brains and it makes you actually realize the wonders of visual effects visual effects can actually be such a wonderful great sandbox you had with visualizer just to kind of create that brand and to i don't know to almost get to the point where you are now where particularly everything you talked about there solving problems fun projects you know project 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 this is all leading to you know owning production yeah. and being a great producer and, and and building those relationships so you know it's almost kind yeah. of like poetry in terms of it's got to this point where you're now on this this career trajectory now at DNEC and uh, you know you've already kind of leveled mm. up a couple of cl- career clicks in such a short space of time which is which is awesome yeah you're not Just been in the game to, long enough to be that, that cynical um, <laughs> but that's wicked that's such a great um, great story and again had no idea that that was your your, your baby I guess yeah it was our baby honestly we loved it um but yep. time just happens you get into other things you start to develop other interests and yeah. you start working in the industry and then time kind of gets ahead of you you don't have much time for things so we put a hiatus on that brand um Fair dues. Yeah. and that's pretty still much there. it for now still, you never know there. in the still future searchable. Just lying there, yeah, still there. dormant. Still, It'll be back, still breathing, sure. still kicking. <laughs> Amazing. Well, I'll tell you what, there's a lot of questions yeah. I've got, Alicia, but um, we should save them for the, the Axis VFX vault. So I have to open the door. It's been it's yes. a bit rusty. Right, there we go. It's open. And I'm going to ask you the first question in the vault, Alicia, which is where in the world are you and okay. where did you grow up? I am in London and I unfortunately grew up in London. I haven't moved. I've stayed right here. I don't know. I feel like it's um, quite cool to be able to travel, come accustomed to different cultures. I've just, I'm just born and bred a Londoner. Born and bred, excellent. Yeah. What part of London? Um, typically, southwest. I moved around southwest London a lot of my life. Um, majority of time, I've been in Clapham Junction, to be specific. Okay, so. I know, I know the area yeah. well. Spent a lot of time in Clapham Junction, Clapham Grand. Yeah. Um, a lot of my old friends will know that. Used to frequent that back in the heady, heady 90s. But again, show me <laughs> there, Alicia. Um, but yeah, Clapham Junction, amazing. So uh, what, what, tell me a bit about growing up in Clapham Junction. I'm, I'm particularly interested in when you got the bug for you know, working in creative industry as well and where that came. So the bug for working in a creative industry. So oh, I don't know. It's quite complicated for me. Obviously, I was a digital. I was in digital marketing just prior to this. Mm. Um, and that was just simply due to... Honestly, I feel like um, a discourse when it came to my secondary school education. I feel like there wasn't enough relatability in terms of the industries that people are actually available to get into. So I convinced myself I wanted to be an engineer. I didn't want to be an engineer. I ended up doing all these things like mathematics degrees. And I was just like, why am I here? Um, To which I then ended up getting a job in digital marketing instead which I thoroughly enjoyed. Digital marketing was definitely something I enjoyed. So I wouldn't say the creative thing 
it wasn't really stimulated by the area that I grew up in. It was just okay. more. I don't know. I think it was just more. I did a lot of art growing up, so I always knew creativity. I loved art. I loved working on computers. I loved creating PowerPoint slides as a child. Okay. And branding them, making sure they looked visually appealing. So that's kind of where my creativity began from there to the stretch of digital marketing. Interesting. How it flipped to visual effects was um, one day I literally saw a visual effects breakdown for Star Wars and I said, that's okay. it. That's 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 exactly what that's I want to thing. do. How interesting. Yeah. So actually, the, the, the creative side of marketing, like you said, PowerPoint slides, branding, mm-hmm. definitely speaks to that creative side. 100%. Which I think is, uh, is, is again, really super interesting. But, yeah, so it was literally a breakdown. Right? Well, how did you see that breakdown? Was it uh, on the back of a DVD? Was it Where on YouTube? I mean, it? What was the what led, what led to that? Were you just casually browsing? I think my friend invited me. So I was doing digital marketing at the time. And my friend was still studying in college. And I was perfectly happy with where I was. I, I thought digital mm-hmm. marketing was great. Yeah, cool it was craft cool. To get into, yeah. Um, and she took me, she was like, there's this uni fair going on in Greenwich, in Greenwich University, let's go. So we went down there, mostly for the freebies. You know, when you go to those big things, there's always freebies. Oh, the yeah, bags, exactly. yeah. Exactly. No, no, no strangers to, to <laughs> So yeah, the game was how many freebies can we get? Um, so we're walking around yeah. trying to get as much freebies as we could. And I believe, strongly believe it was Escape Studios. They had a store and this giant TV monitor and probably the only university that had a TV monitor in there. And it just had this ginormous breakdown of Star Wars. And I just stood there staring at it just for the longest time. And then obviously I grabbed all the necessary information. I was just looking for it for the rest yeah. of the day. And you got the mug and the badge. And the, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's yeah. where I saw it. Cool. Amazing. And what, what event was it you went to? Do you remember what the... Uh, the expo was because no escape do do the circuit. I believe it was just a university fair. I believe just a uni yeah, thing. just okay. a, a just bunch a of yeah, thing. a bunch of universities all in one room, and one of them was escape. Lucky enough for me, okay. yeah. So that nice. was the day I decided okay. I'm going to go to escape and study visual effects, and here I am. And the rest yeah. Is <laughs> Do you remember what, what Star Wars breakdown it was from? What film it I'm was from? I'm not a Star Wars fan. I know, that's shocking no. to say. I'm not. I've no, never... right. just thought maybe some, <laughs> someone out there can watch the same the same yeah. breakdown and get inspired to get into the industry as well. But I'm sure there's plenty of other Star Wars breakdowns. No, definitely. Just, just search ILM. Yeah, exactly. Wicked. Amazing, amazing. Great. Okay, well, let's keep it keep this train moving and move into the... Again, one my personal favourite question, because there's a lot of different ways to cut this, yeah. and I say it on every episode. Some people have gone for a three-word sentence. Some people have gone for just three powerful kind of objectives. Um, but for you, it's completely up to you. It's free reign. The three words that describe Alicia Huxtable, what are Ooh. they? Okay. I'd say definitely for one, confident. Um, okay. A risk taker. Okay. And supportive. Okay, I like yeah, those. I think. Confident, risk taker, supportive. Yeah, definitely. I think confidence is one thing I pride myself in simply because it took a while to build myself there. I was a very shy, shy yeah. child. I was very like in my book mm-hmm. in the corner, hiding my face. Yeah. Um, and just eventually my mom was like, you just don't, you don't have anything to be shy about. Like be confident, express yourself. And 
honestly it was just a process fake it till you make it and I just faked being confident yeah. until I genuinely was and I think now I can confidently say I'm confident is right. <laughs> I hear you though there is that kind of bit where you I mean I was a shy mm. kid growing up and there is that thing where you kind of you, you do fake it a bit and I don't know at what point it sticks mm-hmm. you know when you, when you stop kind of constantly pushing yourself out of your comfort zone you should always have an element yeah. of that you should always have an element of humbleness you know humility but there is a point I compare it to my voice didn't break for ages really? when I was a kid right so I had a really high pitched yeah. voice so I started talking in a deep voice and <laughs> then that's and that stuck and I don't remember maybe I'm still faking maybe, maybe. It. maybe I've got a real like false <laughs> there, but, but there was definitely a point uh, where I'm like when, when did it stick and again it's, it's a really interesting thing and I hear this a mm. lot like there's the industry, particularly visual effects industry, is completely populated by introverts, and I, and I think you should always own that introversion because it's, you know, I mean, it makes you a deep thinker and it makes you, like I say, a bit more. I don't know, in touch with yourself, yeah. but nobody wants to be the gregarious in your face person. Every no, I agree. Twenty four seven. I agree, but yeah, definitely like faking it till you make it is probably a really good advice to give, especially growing up. If you mm. want to learn anything, any skill, any character development of yourself. If there's anything you yeah. want to be like achievable in terms of like personality trait, just fake it till you make it. Just put it yeah. out there. Yeah, exactly. I hear that. And I think that's a really good start. So we've got confident. You've also chosen risk taker. Mm. Tell me a bit about how you uh, you roll the dice. Uh, I don't know. See, for me, I go with my gut instinct a lot of the time. And I will will say in my circumstances, I've never admitted this, but I feel like I've been proactively lucky a lot of times in my life um going from leaving college and going straight into digital marketing I had no idea if I was even going to get a job and the luck that I even did and funny enough I even got made redundant from that first job and straight away I got snapped up by another one just by reference um by an apprenticeship company and they were really cool as well and they even pushed me to apply to escape and I was like I felt I like looking back I guess maybe I took it a bit for granted at the time but looking back I can definitely say I was very lucky to be in those situations consecutively for myself Mm -hmm. um but I'm definitely I say my risk taker I I like to put my heart into things like yeah. I definitely like to just go with my gut if my gut is telling me hey just do this if I have I wouldn't even say a good feeling you know you have that comfortable yeah. feeling where you're just like this yeah. is it this is the right choice no issues no qualms just sits neatly with your your first word which you've got quite that quiet confidence mm-hmm. that self-assuredness that goes hand in hand with taking the right risks that feel right yeah, for you that's great i love a risk i like proactively lucky that's a good i've never heard that as a as a phrase before. i feel like and whether that's pro- being proactive rather than maybe maybe you're not lucky you're just proactive. that's why i paired and maybe both. you put yourself out there in the right i think way. it's a combination of both i think i definitely put myself out there in the right ways but like small instances for example when i did join the apprenticeship company they put me on a degree that coincided for me to be enough to go into escape studios but it was the first Mm -hmm. um a level equivalent degree for an apprenticeship that london had ever done and it was just me and i've never told anyone that it was that was me i was literally the the test on me i just thought okay (laughs) 
you're yeah. the pilot. Literally. But um, it was a really cool experience, and everyone was incredibly supportive. Um, but yeah, that's why I say proactively, because I feel like I put myself in those situations. But as long as you put yourself in those situations, the right, I guess, the right thing will come back to you. There is a return on investment when you put it. yourself out there, or whatever term you want mm-hmm. to use. But it's something about having the, like I say, having the confidence, having that kind of in you to go. Look, I'm going to go yeah. for this. You know, this feels right. And there is a reward there. There's something that you hear it a lot. It's like when people say like positivity breeds positivity. Mm-hmm. Good things happen to good people. All of that kind of stuff. And it's the same with with taking. Away. I mean, look at the. I mean, look at the. Uh, you know, the, the the company you set up with with the Wilson. You know, you, you set that up from talk about risk taking. You've literally built something from scratch and you created your own destiny right yeah. there. I mean, that would have led to lots of different stepping stones since. Am I right? No, hundred percent. I feel like that was a, that was a big risk, even financially at the time, because we were yeah. in uni. It started while we were in university, so finances were not the greatest. I guess we both mm-hmm. had part-time jobs, but we. I feel like I, I kind of co-worked him, and I was like, "Hey, just let's just go all into this. Let's just do it." Like. What have we really got to lose? And the payoff was great, honestly. I also got to develop an amazing showreel, which was um, lovely to see. He found out what his actual interests were in as as an artist. And I found out what my interests were in into production. And I don't regret Mm -hmm. taking that risk at all. Um, On top of that, our our friendship developed as well because we got to spend time together. But yeah, I don't regret that risk at all. Like, as you said, you always get a payoff in some way or another. Um, And that was definitely the payoff we received. It was really cool. And we got to talk to some really cool clientele. We got to know so many people, um, learn a lot of new softwares, a lot of new skills, a lot of new pipelines. Mm. So that was also really helpful as well. Brilliant. And then that leads us neatly into your third word, which is supportive. Ah, uh, yes. So in what context are we talking supportive? I feel as though um, I'm a strong believer in treat people how you want to be treated. And for me, if you are obviously, if you have friends, family, loved ones, people you care about just generally, I feel like especially nowadays, we should be very supportive of each other. Um, people want to try new things yeah. and... I feel like without support, people generally feel like they're restricted into a box of only certain things that they can do. But anything is possible if you literally put your mind to it. You can do anything you want as long as you have that support, not necessarily externally, but it's great. External support and validation is also just as great as internal. You always need that support. Support is, I don't know, it's always needed. At least one person in your corner just cheering you on. Um, yeah because I feel like everything I've done every risk I've taken I've always had at least one person that just went hey Alicia if you think it's a good idea then I support you and that's always been like good enough for me like fair enough I have myself but have hearing that external validation it it soothes you it does make you feel like okay hey I'm doing I'm doing yes exactly I'm not crazy (laughs) this is actually a good idea (laughs) Yeah, that's, I've never heard it put like that. But yeah, the, the value of that external validation, because mm. there's so much, uh, particularly you said at that, that, that this current time we live in as well, where it's all about sort of self-care mm-hmm. and taking something out for yourself and doing you or whatever phrase theology yeah. is out there. You still sometimes need somebody to lift you up or somebody to kind of just have your back yeah. or just give you an inspiring 
kick up the backside or, or, or no, no, exactly for, for you at that time but uh, i like that a lot well we i usually come we, well on the podcast we normally come back to the the yeah. three words but there are great three words thank you for sharing oh, no those Alicia. so the next question in the vault is what inspires you what gets you out of bed in the morning and gets you seizing the day um okay honestly i feel like it's a lot to do with the three words but as corny as it may sound probably myself I think um, yeah. I've been like I guess meditating on the ideology of the person that I want to be and that person that I want mm. to be is the person that gets me out of bed honestly right now today if I wanted to if, if I really could I would sleep in every day I wouldn't go to the gym I would eat junk food yeah. but the person that I want to be cool. is not that person that person wakes up early they go to the gym they eat the right food they do what they need to do um, and it's just genuinely about looking in the mirror and thinking who do I want to be that's what inspires me myself I don't um, I remember being young my mum used to tell me a lot don't idolise people because you never know what's going on behind closed doors in their life so for me I became to just idolize myself I guess like who do I want to be if who if I was to be an adult and if I was a child and an adult what kind of adult would I want to be looking up to does that make sense it's kind of like being it really does yeah I mean you said that this is a corny one actually it isn't at all (laughs) but the words that we often use around this subject tend to come across corny but it's essentially the being the best the best version of yourself and actually are the choices you're making it's almost being in touch with them so if i eat this big mac <laughs> is this me being the best version of myself you know and or maybe not going to the gym yeah, or not exactly. getting up early or yeah chasing the morning and that kind of thing so i think that's really really interesting actually and, and it's a subject that i'm super interested in particularly the whole idea of not um not aspiring to some, who someone else is today but um Bit, uh, almost kind of bit you know what's the word i read yeah. it in a book it's about um aspiring to who I, you were you were yesterday oh, so compare yourself were. to who you were yesterday rather than who, who someone I else is today because we're, we're often seeing people's highlights reels on social mm. media and actually it should be your own who are who was i yesterday am i am i better yeah, that am always I compete with people? yourself as opposed to competing with other people i think love that God, we should we should take this on the yeah, road 100%. get t-shirts <laughs> yeah, oh yeah don't don't you don't you worry i've already it's a running joke on the podcast where there's usually a good t-shirt slogan at the end of no, the there episode. has to be right and we've got, <laughs> got plenty already there you go see seize the day take some risks set up a new business exactly. there we go you had it here 100%. trademark okay right so that's the inspiration piece so um another favorite question of mine is explain what you do for a living to an alien so the extraterrestrials come knocking what are you going to tell them in you know alien terms okay alien terms i guess i I usually say this one specific phrase because obviously visual effects is not a common industry that people know about so i i'm i'm extrovert myself so i often meet strangers and they're like what do you do for a living and i usually start with the basic like film and tv and they're like like where like Mm -hmm. what is it so i say visual effects post-production and they're like what does that mean and my typical sentence is you know how the hulk isn't real we make the hulk real that's it <laughs> you just you have to get a character that they know they know the hulk's not real i'm hoping 
they know that. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, and that's the job of official effects, right? We make the Hulk real. We make yeah. everything about him actual real and the environment he's in real and that's 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 what we do. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, it is, you're right. I mean I remember uh, it was funny, it was at the VFX Festival at Escape Studio yeah. years ago. I think it might have been the twenty nineteen VFX Festival and there was a, a VFX suit from ILM there talking about the Jurassic World. Mm. And he opened his whole thing was around we know that dinosaurs don't exist, yeah. right? You know, because the whole idea around uh, real life reference, and you can't just go to a paddock and find a dinosaur exactly. and sketch them. Uh, and and I thought, yeah, nobody's really thought about it like that. You know, the, the talks that I go to, I'm like, yeah, you know, he's got a point. And actually, you've got to find other ways to do it. But it is about bringing the, um, yeah, bringing the, the, I don't know, just making making amazing stuff that doesn't exist. Yeah, exist. yeah, hundred percent. That's that uh, is. Literally... I didn't put it as well as you, though, Alicia. No, no, you did. I feel like it's just. Um, <laughs> that was a very garbled approach. I, I think I said to someone one time, we're just generally just um, mechanical magicians. I think. I guess. All right. <laughs> Stop it with the t-shirt slogans. Come on, this is too much. Like we use. <laughs> Got proactively lucky. Mechanical. <laughs> It's all, it's all happening there. Mechanical magicians. No, it's true though. Yeah, because like we that. make things that are the impossible. Like, it's yeah. generally, if people, I always say to people, especially like, if I make a friend, only close friends, I would never do this to a stranger. I think that's just, this is horrible to do. But you do it to your close friends, it's fine. Um, tell them, ask them what their favourite movie is. So, a close friend of mine said Harry Potter. And I said, go on YouTube and write Harry Potter visual effects breakdown and it'll ruin your life. Yeah. <laughs> You'll never look at never again. In the same yeah, way again. you'll understand that visual effects is the magic. Nothing is there, like yeah. nothing. It's not real. Um, yeah, you're right. You know, even, even like the most kind of you know period of period mm-hmm. dramas, trees and post boxes and nothing. you know old buildings and scribbling out the airplanes and the, the wristwatches exactly. and the Starbucks cups. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think yeah, it's a great one. I love that. Great answer. Correct answer, Thank you. Thank Alicia. You. No worries. So we're going to go back in time a little bit now. I uh, always like to go through the formative okay. years and we're going way, way, way back to what you wanted to be when you grew up. So what was oh, no. the, the A1 career ambition when you were little? See, uh, this, one's, it's, this one's a funny one for me. Um, I've told people this before. I guess um, I didn't actually think about careers after the age seven, I don't think. As far as I am okay. physically can remember. I could be completely wrong. I only remember ever thinking about jobs and stuff when I was extremely young and like adults asked me and I was like a child and be like, hey, I want to be this. But as I got yeah. older, I didn't. But the one job I did say that I wanted to be was a bus driver. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, my child brain what, logic. What? I mean, kids love buses. <laughs> um, right? But my child brain logic was if I'm yeah. a bus driver... Um, it'll be faster for me to get to my destinations. Nice. nice. I like that. And you get paid right? to do it. I mean, I forgot about the fact <laughs> that I can't just get off the get... bus and just do my shopping, but you know. No, you, there's only one destination when you're a bus driver. There's lots of stops along the way, but you can't get off with everyone exactly. else on the road. So, so yeah, that was my child logic. Okay, so you want to be a bus driver when you grow up. So what made you... We talked a bit about this yeah. earlier, but it would be remiss of me not to ask the question, is what made you choose the 
university that you went so, to was it for Star Wars Breakdown that you talked about earlier or was it so yes it was partially well the main reason first reason Star Wars Breakdown that's how I knew what visual effects was after that I was on like a direct trajectory to like how do I get into the visual effects industry obviously I saw this at a uni convention fair so I guess university yeah. would be the easiest way I assumed um, I then did some research and I looked at the top universities for visual effects in the UK at the time that I was going to university. And at the time, the first was Escape and the second was Bournemouth. Obviously, these do fluctuate, I'm presuming, by a year-to-year basis, just based on academic success. But at the time, it was Escape and Bournemouth. And I applied to Escape, I applied to Bournemouth and Brunel, actually, because they did a visual effects course also and um honestly escape sold me because they gave out free ben and jerry's on the open day you know what i admire honesty (laughs) whatever gets your attention so any universities listening out there free ice cream free frozen free ice cream it's the way i think free things it always entices people and um on top of it all it was in london and i live in london so i figured hey i can save a good amount of money with staying in london free ice cream what can go wrong? Exactly. And I've got nothing but love for Escape Studios being a paid up Access VFX member and day one yeah. OG member as well. So I can't, uh, I, can't yeah, fault them. I can't, I can't agree with you more. <laughs> you know, Ben and Jerry's ice cream, other ice creams are available. Uh, ben and Jerry's or otherwise, but yeah, I think you definitely made the right decision. No, there. no disrespect to Bournemouth. No, course, no. Also got a lot. No, of no, board. definitely. I heard so many, I've heard so many good, good, good things about Bournemouth. A lot of people I've worked with mm. in the industry, they went to Bournemouth as well. Like, a crazy amount of people yeah. so it's a big it's a big cedar kind of yeah definitely for sure up there with escape and so mm. i'm really interested in question seven which is what would you consider to be your your big break because you can read i can read your linkedin profile mm. and assume that it was npc for example but what was the big break moment for you alicia um big break moment so in terms of like my yeah. entry into visual effects would you say yeah how did you break into industry? I believe there was a time period where I believe it was at Escape, had just finished, was working on Visualizer Studios in the meantime, and Escape did a showcase. And we did a short film at the time, and it was called Pathogen, which was really cool, I guess, pandemic futurism short film. It was just a short project. Mm. And I was the producer and lead comp artist, if I'm not mistaken. And we did a talk at the front. And it was, I don't remember where it was, but it was in this giant hall. And the team was, again, Mina Wilson. And we was at the front. And our slideshow stopped working. And um, we looked at Right, hundred exactly. percent. And we looked at each other, and um, we had to just freestyle the whole presentation based on our memories. And I was saying, imagine some cleanup here. Imagine just just use our imaginations, and it was great. We got a couple of laughs out of the crowd. Um, the breakthrough was definitely when we improvised that moment because we, I feel like, because of our understanding of visual effects, due to Visualize Studios, due to Escape Studios itself, and just general our passion for it we was able to actually just talk about our work with passion and conviction, relate to the audience without any 
sort of documentation, PowerPoint or anything. We didn't need anything. And there was even certain times where Wilson was like, well, let me talk about this. And we were like, let's talk about that. And let's talk about when we did this. Because we were very pragmatic. We loved to solve problems. And I'd say that was the breakthrough because that very same day, I got a message on LinkedIn from MPC asking if I wanted a job in production. Really? Like the same day. So wow. I think that was, yeah, that was the pinnacle. Oh, great story. So literally almost the, the training wheels came off and you were yeah. just in the zone, geeking out over the work, speaking with conviction and authority yeah. without a script, just coming from that real place and what you'd learned and what you'd grown. That's awesome. And then the big break came literally with the phone yeah, call. Yeah, 100%. Later, set you off on where you are now. That's brilliant. Love that. I love when that happens as well. Yeah. All down to a PowerPoint. I know, right? Imagine if the PowerPoint did work. I don't know. Would we be here? I don't know. <laughs> Well, I mean, maybe if it was one that you designed when you were a kid, because you clearly loved a bit exactly, of PowerPoint maybe. back in the day, it would have worked beautifully. Yeah, but, fair but, enough. Uh, some, uh, anyway, it's worked out beautifully. What a great story. Okay, we're moving into the next question. We'll come back to a lot of these because they all cross over, but we're getting into kind of the the, the work-related section of the podcast now, the middle bit. Uh, and we always start with the favourite project you've worked on, the favourite job or show that you've been part of. And what would that be? Um, I have so many favourites. However, I'd say the favourite as of recently, because this could easily change. I'm working on a new project at the moment. So who knows, in a couple of months, I could change my mind. I would change yeah, all exactly. the time. Yeah, yeah. But as of now, I will say one that you mentioned earlier, which was Halo, the TV show. Um, mm. And simply just due to the team. I feel like the team does make make the atmosphere a lot of the time, who you work with. And... Um, the whole team was just super cool super fun we had so many inside jokes so many nicknames um so that's what kind of made the not even kind of it made the experience we all had a good time we all went out to see each other people actually came into the studio because as you know everything's quite hybrid at the moment so seeing people face to face in real life it's like great you get to actually experience things with them catch a laugh so yeah everyone was super friendly and that was yeah probably one of the the, the best so far. And am I right in assuming that your time at NPC was mostly remote or high, most of from through most of lockdown, or am I getting my um, years mixed up? Because it feels like a, half. Still feels like fairly. No, I'm, I'm trying to remember myself. I feel like while I was at NPC, we went into lockdown again. If I'm not mistaken, mm. I, I I do remember there was a large period of time where I had to work from home, like by force, by force quote-unquote um yes exactly um however my my time there was hybrid so I had choice to work from home or work in the studio it was idolized or preferred sorry idolized preferred that we go in three days a week but obviously dependent on the show Mm -hmm. schedule and what so forth and who's coming on the team um but I came in pretty much every day because I I like being in the studio. I like going into the screening rooms. I like being around people. I love meeting new people there. I feel like it makes the experience yeah. a lot more better. And it's easier, especially coming into the industry itself, it's easier for me to learn and pick up things when people are directly around me instead of messaging them on Teams. Yeah. It takes a bit of time. It's good, but if you don't, if you're not comfortable yet, it's easier to have someone right by your side you can turn to every three seconds and ask as much questions as you need so yeah 
and all the good stuff happens between the meetings I found with you know yes. projects and whether you're working on a show or anything is some of the even even my time where I'm at the moment is you know the the biggest light bulb moments or the decisions mm-hmm. are made when it's at the end of the meeting or you you bump into people in the cafe or the exactly. coffee area or wherever you know so I think uh, yeah I hear that and actually what everything you said there is people yeah. in terms of that's what made that show an incredible experience like you say you talked about the nicknames and the and the, the banter yes. that you had with with that team and it's so important you know because everything I hear about working on shows and I've never worked mm. on a show I've always worked on the kind of the HR side or the talent development okay. side is it is kind of this band of people working towards a kind of shared goal trying to get something out of the door and you know all about that working yeah. in production getting getting the thing delivered, 100% you, know? you do become like a, a little cute little family honestly um, so yeah. it's it's great if the family can work together. It's great if you actually can see each other and create that bond and connection with each other. It makes yeah. it helps the project work. It does. I've worked remotely and I've worked both. I'm not to say that you can't work remotely. I feel it's it's, it's completely possible. Remote work in visual effects is hundred percent possible. But is it as effective if it was a hundred percent of the time? I would have to say no. If I was to work from home 100% of the time, would the project be as effective or would I have as much of an enjoyable experience at work, mostly? Probably not. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. So on the flip side mm-hmm. of that, we used to say the worst job. We don't do it anymore because that's not very okay. positive. So we say the most challenging job Ooh. where you probably had the most biggest learning curve, perhaps. I don't know. I would say... Um, challenging for learning curve was mm-hmm. challenging for learning curve I'd say every single project I've worked on was challenging of a learning curve I don't think I've worked on any project that was just like easy smooth sailing easy breezy I don't yeah. think I don't know if I'll ever I don't think I'll ever maybe because you're at the <laughs> helm Melissa, you know you're, it's all smooth no, sailing I, re- I, wish, I don't wish it was because I feel like challenges is character development and growth and you get to learn new things but every project I've had but I'd say the most a recently challenging project that I worked on was let's say creatively um oh gosh wheel of time origins creatively um it was just simply due to if anyone has seen it um just due to the art art style of the show it was dmp based so 2d map painting but of characters caricatures and we had to make them move using different pipelines of work methods um to enable to project these 2d map paintings onto the 3d characters and um it was super cool to like figure out the pipeline um so many dev projects we had to work on to obviously make this thing happen um and there was so many challenges that we had obviously this being um an innovative workflow there were so many challenges that came across to creating the final piece which which the entire team wanted to see um but generally just working through it through trial and error um the same thing that wilson and i did when working visualizer studios a lot of the time is trial and error sitting together in a room and just spitting out things like how about we do this how about we do that and um 
I guess that's the fun part of visual effects, just trying different things. But it's definitely, definitely challenging, especially when time is time is crunching down on you and you need to get it done. But I guess pressure yeah. makes diamonds, right? Absolutely, yeah, it's a great, great quote. And um, yeah, yeah, I mean, working with such an innovative workflow would really, you know, force mm-hmm. that, you know, that trial and error, that throw stuff at the wall, see if it sticks. Pretty much. Um, but yeah, you have that extra layer of time constraints, of course. Mm-hmm. And, you know, director and client demands exactly. and, and that kind of thing. But yeah, I can I can see why that would be a, a challenge, but a good creative one. So uh, I love that. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll get you we'll get you in for a, a part two in a couple of years and see how that's. Oh going. yeah, definitely. Yeah, we'll ask you, ask you the same question. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good one. So that is a great one. So we're going to move into the super geeky okay. bit now, where we talk about um, yes, yeah, shots and animation and masterclasses. And I'm interested to see whether you have a. VFX hero, so somebody in the industry that you, um, I know you, you talked about aspiring to be the best yeah. version of yourself, but is there anyone in industry that you look up to or admire their work or? or, or um, like I would have to say Claudia Sermak, which was one of my lecturers at Escape, actually. And I genuinely look up to her because she drove my passion towards visual effects she definitely allowed me to see the magic in it um she was funny she she just always brought life and energy into the room that she was in and especially with being a girl in visual effects a young young woman Mm. um there's not much women in visual effects not obviously in comparison to men she definitely made me feel included even though I never felt not included she made me feel included by literally just being a woman as well it was nice to see other women in the industry just as passionate super successful has worked on several projects and um always in a really good mood for some reason i don't know what how much coffee she drinks in the morning but she was definitely um so had so much energy in the mornings and it was great and it was refreshing but she was really lovely and super supportive as well she I could ask her for advice on anything, any day, any time, and she would always be there yeah. for her her team. I guess we were just like a giant team. So that's cool. Yeah, I know Claudia well yeah. actually. Um, yeah, we did the CGA Belgrade year a few oh, really? years ago where I got to meet her. But yeah, she's a force of nature. She's amazing. So I can see how she'd be super inspiring. A very good choice yeah. there. Thank <laughs> you. Another right answer. Thank you, thank there you, you go. Ten yes. points. So. The best VFX shot or animation you've ever seen. So, what's the what's the biggie for you? Um, recently, um, have you seen Nope by Jordan Peele yet? Not I'm not yet. Got to, it. I don't get because I've got a kid now. I don't get to go to see grown up no. cinema anymore. It's all kids movies, so I'm desperate Fair to see it. Oh, wait, Sonic Two was pretty good. I watched that the other day, actually. But <laughs> oh, yeah, I've seen that. I've seen Sonic Two. But tell me about. Nope. But tell me about Nope. Tell me about the, so uh, without, the shot. Without exactly. Any without trying to ruin anything, there's this thing, and that's the best way to put it. It's just this thing, and okay. it's genuinely for me the creativity behind it is unimaginable i need to see the concept designs for this thing i need to know who created this thing and how you even conceptualize this from your brain i don't understand how you did that yeah wow no it's really good um like if we're just talking about in terms of the, the actual visual effects of that hands down amazing 
yeah I just don't understand how they could even visualize something like that I, I feel like my imagination is quite limited I don't think I could ever do that but it's really cool <laughs> if anyone has seen it but yeah definitely watch it okay all yeah. right cool okay well, that's yeah. homework for me and anybody else listening who's not come to see jordan peele's nope yet but uh, i will do and i'll, I'll come back to you on that alicia but it sounds it sounds crazy I'm, I'm up for that i like to see stuff i've never conceived mm. of before so if that's out there in the world it needs to be it needs to be witnessed okay so moving on um what stands out show-wise as a vfx masterclass, or what you would consider to be a pinnacle of the art form a pinnacle of the art form I would say, well, Inception, just simply due to the levels that they brought visual effects in, I think it was really good. Mm. I feel like um, the seamlessness look of it as well um, has it aged gracefully somewhat, I think. In places it can be, but majority of it is is top level. Um, Yeah, I think I'd have to say Inception. Okay, yeah. I mean, yeah, when the whole, like, the world like exactly that itself and all those amazing scenes where and again it was nice to see something that arguably hadn't really been yeah. done before at yeah. the time because back then it's i mean when you think visual effects you always you always expect an answer which is people either say jurassic park or the matrix bullet time or it will just be all manner of you know yes. aliens and explosions and stuff so to kind of hear uh, a bit of chris nolan i think is really yeah, refreshing inception was pretty so, cool yeah, I have seen that. Film no, that's really times. good. I think Inception's a really good film. But as you said, it's arguably something that hadn't been done before. We always like to see some fresh new yeah. content. So Inception is definitely up there with yeah. the the unseen, the unheard of. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Okay. So the final bit of the geeky bit before we get into the final okay. segment is uh, best character design. So what for you is a great... A great character realised for the screen. Um, so actually, it's recently, and I don't believe it's out now, out at this moment, but there's a new stop motion coming mm-hmm. out by Henry Selleck, which is the director of Coraline, and it's called Wendell and mm-hmm. Wild. And the reason I thought it was really cool because it featured a new character, which they quote as like an Afro-punk princess, which is this really cute okay. little black girl, which is super emo with green hair and piercings. And I thought that was really cool. Um, because yeah you don't really Amazing. see you see obviously like black character caricatures now my English mm. got out the window but nowadays but in terms of yeah, um, yeah in terms of exemplifying different personalities in those black char- characters I think that's lacking um, so seeing still yeah, not enough not necessarily. Right? there's still not enough representation like, mm-hmm. like that I mean there's there's moves towards more particularly black characters but not you know, it's still you can still count them on one hand, yeah, yeah. arguably. You know, I, we've got a long exactly. way to go still. So seeing that was really cute, in, especially with the the personality that she has. It's not just um, I don't know. I don't say average, but it's it's different. It's not something that you generally yeah. come across. And I know that um, probably growing up, I would have found it really cool to see. Um, because I loved, I loved like, I remember I loved super emo things. I used to have like the really heavy fringe yeah. and the fake piercings and stuff. Oh, okay. So I think it would have been really cool. But yeah. That's cool. Wendell and Wilde. I haven't heard of it. I know the studio. They're Lake, it's Laker Studios, isn't so. it? That do, did Coraline and Paranorman yes. and all those great kind of stop motion with a bit of, bit of CG, but not overly The creepy done. stop motion um, stuff. But that, 
Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I love all that. We had a great conversation on one of the podcasts around uh, all that the Ardman, the Ardman stuff. I think it was the. Uh, I get my podcast yeah. model up, so I'm not going to guess who did it. One of the recent ones, I think it might have been the episode okay. before this one, um, where we talk about the charm of stop motion. Uh, um, as much as I love what we do now with visual effects and literally creating, there's nothing mm-hmm. you can't create now. It's crazy. But that's really cool to hear. And actually off the back of our, we had a podcast episode with Del Walker, who's at Naughty okay. Dog Games, one of our gaming episodes. And he talked about, in, he had a 12, almost 13 year long career in the games industry. And he's just got off a project where he worked on his his first oh, black really? character with a name. So the idea that a, 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 not just a character, but one that had, has yeah. an actual name, like a playable yeah. character, which when he kind of said that on the podcast, I was like, wow, like yeah. I didn't, you know, and this is my privilege speaking, but I was like, wow, is that really a thing? And yeah, you look back and he's absolutely yeah. right. You know, on the Suicide Squad game that he's, he's developed, which comes out next That's year. Cool. But, yeah. No, you don't actually. You, you're right. You don't actually think about the extent of it to that degree. But that's that's generally fascinating to come by. And I feel the same way about seeing the trailer for the Wendell and Wild. It was like, wow, I've never seen mm. a black girl being demonstrated in an emocentric way at all. Yeah. And um, I found that. Not yeah, yeah, and I found that quite stifling yeah. growing up. Because for me, I I hated any trend that was out. Like when all my, I went to all girls school as well, so all the girls were doing that super girly things and doing all these super trendy things and like sort of Scooby Doo's and stuff. And I hated it all. I really hated every all of it. And the stuff I was into was either deemed as weird or just not the usual. And it would have been nice. Fair enough. As I said, my family supported me. But it would have been nice yep. to have something in the media that I could relate to. Um, yeah. Yeah. Spoke to you. Well, that's pretty much it. Yeah, and I think that's what it all boils down to. Yeah, I mean, we're obviously talking about representation, but I think literally, like you said, when, when you were young, seeing that would have meant yeah. the world. Yeah, that's what representation is all about, isn't it? It's not just about, you know, creating lots of characters it's just what it means to that you know that light bulb moment to that one person going yeah i see myself on screen or i see myself doing that or whether it's yes. careers or you know the whole the whole gambit so i think that's super important what a great one i'm going to check out i've not seen the trailer for that so i'm like i say, i'm a big fan of the studio so i'm yes. going to be Take a look. checking that out and watching that with my little boy so that leads us neatly into the final chunk of questions alicia which tend to be about advice and yeah mostly advice focused really okay. whether it be for you know yourself people out there trying to get into industry or industry itself and the first question is nice big one it's the best piece of advice that you've ever received the best nugget that you've um, got I think I have to always go back to work smarter not harder I think that's a pretty good one I think once you actually understand what that means it makes a lot of things in your life easier um, like everything example like meal prepping as opposed to cooking every single day let's work smarter not harder let's yeah being especially in visual effects as well um being pragmatic you you rather work smarter smarter i think in visual effects when you're actually trying to develop these workflows it's genuinely the question of how do we work smarter here that is pretty much what you're trying to figure out um so yeah, I think that's a really good one. It works yeah. in all aspects of life. Let's just all work smarter, not harder, because no one really wants to work. Let's we'll all be honest. No one really wants to work too hard. Like we all want to relax at some degree. Absolutely. So 
We only take, exactly. take a moment, right? <laughs> we don't want to become exactly. our jobs. I love that. Yeah. So, yeah. So production is almost the uh, the visual effects equivalent of meal prep. Yeah, exactly. Batch cooking. <laughs> <laughs> Love a bit of batch cooking. That's what it's all about. There you go. Should have been on our uh, cost of living yeah. episode we did a few a uh, few clicks ago. Um, okay, so who gave you that advice out of interest? Do you remember who where you where you found um, found that? Who's on? Or was it just? I that's think been it waiting? genuinely was a lecturer at Escape called Carlos. Um, yeah, oh. and he worked on Inception. Funny enough, and. Guys, it's all coming together. So you're joining the dots on the podcast now. And I think you? he genuinely said, um, work smarter, not harder. I think amongst the many people that have said it to me, but I think one of the times that is stuck because I was probably in a situation where I was able to apply that sentence was definitely, I believe it definitely was mm-hmm. Carlos. He was super cool as well. He was fun to work Brilliant. with. Thank you, Carlos. That's great advice. I've heard that in various forms before, but it is such great advice. Yeah, definitely. It gets to the core mm-hmm. of what we do. That's brilliant. Okay, so we, again, we may have, t- I think we have touched on this when we talked about faking it okay. till you make it. But have you ever felt out of your depth? It's called, this is our imposter yes. syndrome question. Have you ever felt out of your depth or that you were faking it? Till uh, you made yes, made it. a lot. Um, I think with me, I love being organized. Production is definitely something mm-hmm. to, to humbly say, I feel like it does come easy to me. As I said, I was first, I, I was an artist. I studied compositing at Escape. I applied for Roto and Prep jobs. I That's what I wanted to do. And then I started obviously freelancing in Unreal Engine as well. And I never thought mm-hmm. production was something I wanted to get into at all. And realizing how much I liked organizing organization is something I like like for me I like to keep everything organized so it came easy for me so when something does come easy to you and you're actually applying it into a a job where people rely on you um in my experience I definitely start like double guessing like am I doing this right like I'm doing it right in my head what I would deem as correct but is this right in terms of what everyone else wants I, I don't know and um imposter syndrome happen a lot when um I guess especially when people are saying good things about you when people are saying good things about you like oh Simon's great at this and Simon's great at that and yeah you should really message Simon if you want this and you're like like you think you're great but it's crazy to think everyone else also thinks you're great too and you I guess it's hard to pinpoint in other people's point of view why you're doing such a good job when for me it just feels like I'm just doing my job I don't know how to describe it you mentioned it earlier didn't you about uh, being aware of what you like and do well and channeling it into a career that works for you but like you say you know anyone's style is going to be not it's not going to be for everyone yeah I know for a fact that I think I'm pretty good at what I do but I'm not for everyone my word definitely Um, but yeah, that's a good answer that. I like that. Cause I think, you know, what you've demonstrated on this podcast, Alicia, is that kind of, you know, you've got a really healthy dose of self-belief and that's so important. You've got to get out there. You've got to get push, push yourself out of your comfort zone and you've, you've achieved so much in, I think quite, quite a short space okay. of time and long may that continue, you know? But, um, I think, uh, yeah, I, I don't know where I'm going with this. No, no, I train, agree. But you know, I do this a lot. Um, but I think, um, the answer probably there is yes, you do suffer from it, but you know, not that it hinders your your workflow or, or how you yeah work i try not to let it but as you said i feel like i do just kick 
the self-belief into me um or if not i talk to the people that i know will support me um, my family my friends Mm -hmm. and i'll just go i don't know what i'm doing i feel like i don't know what i'm doing and they're like you know what you're doing you are here for a reason you got this job for a reason you would have got hired if you didn't know what you was doing you wouldn't still be here if you didn't know what you were doing um so yeah having that internal validation and external validation always good it helps but um i try not to let it i i get anxiety like often i try not to let the imposter Mm -hmm. syndrome um build me with too much anxiety um as i said i feel like once i feel like it's getting to a point in time where i'm just like I feel like too much anxiety of imposter syndrome can lead to poor performance because you start to second guess yourself because you feel like maybe you're not doing the right thing when realistically you are. Um, So it's always good. If you have a line manager, talk to your line manager. One thing I always do is after every meeting I have with a line manager, I'll say, what can I do better? If you are unsure if you're doing good, ask your team what you can do better and then apply that. And you'll never be doing bad if you're always doing what they want you to do right and yeah yeah, yeah. And asking for feedback they're regularly asking mm-hmm. for feedback like you say i think that's so important a great answer thank you so next question is uh we've got another okay. hypothetical here is uh, when you go back in time so uh, you jump in your delorean or time travel device yes. of choice um and you meet your teenage self what advice would you give your teenage self if you could go back? Um, I think the advice I would give my teenage self would be keep taking risks, honestly, and go with yeah. your gut. I wouldn't say any regrets, but just lessons learned. But I would definitely say don't second guess yourself. Keep taking risks and go with your gut because the times where I've done those things they've ended up in positive situations for me and the times where I've second guessed myself same way with the imposter syndrome the times where I'm second guessing and letting my anxiety ride my actions it usually leads to poor I'm not like just not the best outcome it's like fixed mindset Mm -hmm. isn't it yeah the more you second guess yourself you start to get into that fixed mindset so you almost start to think it's exactly. going to go this way because I'm not qualified or you not you start to mm-hmm. not believe in yourself. Whereas if you adopt the growth mindset, then it's about actually I've got this, I'm trusting mm-hmm. my gut. It's there for a reason. Everything you said earlier around leaning yes. into that, I think is... Really I'm a strong key. believer in brainwashing yourself. I feel like you can brainwash yourself. I, I yeah. brainwash myself to believe I don't like fizzy drinks and now I no longer drink fizzy drinks. So, right. Good for you. Fizzy exactly. drinks are bad. Yeah, I no, see... Either. I feel like you can exactly. brainwash yourself to believe anything. I mean, except like I can fly and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah <laughs> don't do yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't go too far. Be, be, be your own cult leader <laughs> to, to, degree. To, to a certain extent. Maybe when it comes to carbonated yeah. beverages, but not. Like, yes, that's office, exactly right. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> okay, kids. Um, so, um, teenage self done. A similar question here. What do you wish you'd known when you were starting out? So oh. less advice. Just what, what do you wish you were mind, more mindful of when you were starting out? Okay. Um, this one, I might get a bit some backlash for, but you don't need to be right. a runner. Um, I, I, I stand by this. I, 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 runners are great. Being a runner is super cool. You get to meet so many yep. people. You get to... The networking capabilities of a runner, um, the skills that you learn, the 
the venues that you get to be in and experiences that you get to be in are all great but I am tired of people in this industry making it seem like you have to be a runner and I feel like it's yeah and it's a lot of people like pre-covid which is understandable because it's that at that time that seemed like the only way and studying visual effects at uni they told us the only way to get into the industry is to be a runner I wasn't a runner and many other people I know weren't runners so it's possible as much as it's it's easier potentially easier as a to be a runner and work your way into the company it's also possible to get into the industry without being a runner and um it's just to do with your self-direction as long as you're as long as you're aware of what the industry actually has to offer you and what specifically department you want to get into you can then apply yourself into the direction but you don't need to be a runner like yeah uh, I, it's not that being a runner is bad. No, I'm not saying that. It's just there's a misconception. No, no, I know. I think it's really yeah. good. I think there's so many different entry points now. I think maybe back in the day, in the, the, the late mid to late nineties, mm. it was the only entry level route. And you've had touch points with uh, apprenticeship organisations. You know that apprenticeships are one exactly. route in um, among many. Um, so yeah, I think it's really good advice. I think that's re- really. I'm glad you yeah, said no, it. Definitely. I just. And you definitely not get into trouble yeah. for that. Not, not in the atmosphere, <laughs> at least. Anyway. I hope not. You won't. It's fine. We will not be editing that out. It's a very okay, important thanks. thing. <laughs> we're going to put it out there to the masses. So we're getting into the final three questions, Alicia. These are the most important ones of the podcast. Um, I'm sure there might be a few T-shirt slogans okay. in the last three as well. I'm hoping. Um, what would you change about the industry? What's, what would be the thing you would change if you had a magic Oof. wand? Um, honestly, I'd probably say... We're a good project team. I would probably say mm, two things. I feel like work-life balance needs to be stricter. Um, obviously, by choice, if your work is your passion, I, I understand that. Like Work has been my passion in so many different times. But you start to realise that it, you need to actually live your life, see your loved ones, be in other places find hobbies thrive without work and I feel like in visual effects people can easily be overworked on their own accord and burnt out and it's the same with any industry of course like this can go across board but if we're going to talk about specifically visual effects and I've seen it in so many occasions um, the film will get delivered regardless the TV show will air regardless do not work yourself into the grave trying to make this happen because no matter what it will happen it, it will and um i feel like that's a, a stricter a stricter foundation on work-life balance in visual effects i feel like would be good i don't know how i don't have the answers for that's everything really no, no, and you're, you're no. not expected to in this question, but it is important to address that. And it's not the first time it's been addressed on the podcast. It's it rife in yeah. this industry, I think, the work-life balance issue. I think, um, and again, I always shout out um, Jasmine Katatikan, who was uh, one of our earlier yeah. episodes. To, uh, who's a creative coach. Cre- uh, creative coach? That's cool. Yeah, creative coach. And the amount of artists she's met who have burnt out on yeah. shows and haven't returned to industry because they've been pushed to their limit and that's such a shame because you end up just losing talent from, exactly. from industry because I think they're going to get the no, same no, no, exactly. 
As a coordinator, I'm, I talk to artists on a, on a day-to-day basis. I talk to artists more than I talk to production. Yeah. They become my little family. And um, I always tell them, like, please be honest with me. Tell me how you feel. If you feel like you're being overworked, tell me. Vocalise it. People, You guys need to stop hiding and being nervous to tell these workplaces how you feel because in the end of the day, if you tell them that you're overworked and you're burnt out and they don't care, then then you know you're not in a place that genuinely values you. And that's just the reality yeah. of it all. But if you don't say anything, you could get, you could receive help. We can distribute the work to other people. We can make, for me, production. Mm-hmm. I will definitely try my best. I can't speak for everyone else, but for me, I will definitely try my best to make my artist's life easier. I'm a strong advocate for mental health being just as important for, as physical health. And there's no way I'm going to let yeah. physically watch someone run their mental health into the ground just for the sake of another movie. Yeah. Another movie yeah, or TV show. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It will come out regardless. Yeah, we're not, we're not saving exactly. babies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, that's great. I love that advice. Um, so the last two questions. Uh, the first one is the industry yeah. advice question. One thing we can do as a step towards a more inclusive and diverse industry. And the reason why Access VFX is awesome is it exists in the first place. We love Access so. VFX, but yeah definitely but for for the specific question (laughs) for the specific question in terms of um how can we make the industry better was that the question okay yeah 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 what can we do yeah or how can we do it i would say i touched on this earlier in our conversation but it was about how i wanted to be an engineer just simply due to the lack of openness into what careers are actually available to me while growing up um I went to an all-girls secondary school which was all fine um and we was actually introduced I would say to more career options than neighboring schools and based on conversations I have with people and I went to school in London so let's capitalize the context of this situation to London itself um we was taught that we could be an entrepreneur which was a really cool lesson that was really cool it was fun it's also taught I could be an engineer it was strong advocates for women in STEM but the only job in STEM that they focused on was being an engineer um, a mechanical engineer pretty much and that was it there are so many jobs out here and visual effects being one of them that we could make young adults aware of because there's more to creativity than drawing there's just way more to it and on top of it all especially in the the fast-paced day and age we live in where i'm guessing the aim is futurism at this point i'm pretty sure people children young adults would love to have a have some fun with blender if they could actually use 3d platforms and know how easily accessible they are and how fun they actually are to use and with the quickness of the skill sets the quickness in picking up skill sets that the day and age have today you could have some incredible 3D artists, but we're just not opening the door for them and letting them see that this is actually a possibility. You can probably talk to a bunch of 15-year-olds and none of them know what visual effects is. They just about know what CGI is, mm. but they don't know what visual effects is. They don't know. No, not what at it all. Means. Yeah. They know what it stands for, but not necessarily mm-hmm. what goes And I think that. it would yeah. be really cool to open the door for all those all those people and London is such a diverse area within itself so having secondary schools I'd say specifically opened the door to that industry and several more industries 
would would be amazing. I wish I knew what visual effects was when I was in secondary school. I would have already known. I wouldn't have done engineering. I would have yeah. just if I saw that Star yeah. Wars breakdown then. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So right though, you know, whenever I ask this question, a lot of the time we get, we talk about industry, industry, yeah. placements, what we should be doing right here, right now within mm. our studio system. But it goes all the way back to school. I mean, I've talked about it on pods before about career, getting into teachers, careers, advisors, parents, yeah. the whole system, the whole ecosystem. Yeah. But it is about just getting into schools and going, these careers exist and starting to kind of plant those seeds super early yeah, on. Yeah, of course. I think it's really, really good advice. A lot of work. That's a bit. That's a lot to unpack there, and we, we're running out of podcast time, Alicia. So we might have we might have to have you back, but um, we can continue that conversation with our, 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 our with plenty of more guests cool. coming through the vault. So the, the final question, yes. the big finish. Now, I hope you're prepared, uh, Alicia. This is the big one. Um, we've already got thrive without work, which okay. I'm taking. I love that, and I'm going to take. There's more to creativity than drawing. Oh, yeah. that's, t- that's my t-shirt. That's <laughs> that. I firmly believe in that. Um, but the final question is your nugget of uh, I start again. Your nugget of advice for anyone out there listening, trying to get into industry. What's the one golden nugget you've got for them? Oh gosh, okay. Advice I would say if you're trying to get into the visual effects industry, I would say actually I don't this is quite a specific one. I would say actually research the roles available in the visual effects industry. There's way more available than I believe meets the eye upon first understanding. Even un- even studying visual effects for a university degree, once I actually joined the industry, there was way more job roles actually available than I was aware of. And that means that your skill set may be better suited to these many other job roles that are available than the ones that you're being shown to um and i'll say that's my word of advice for look if, if you're trying to get into industry genuinely look into what's available network add people on linkedin message them yes, they will reply Pete, like if if someone messaged me on linkedin i'm going to reply if you're just asking a random question about visual effects um, yeah, network, network, network. Talk to people and find out what the industry is actually like. Turn up at DNEG's doorsteps and ask if you can talk to someone. And yeah, <laughs> do what you want to do. Yeah, the sky yeah. is actually your limit, but don't ever feel restricted. I would say. Don't ever feel restricted. I think that's totally. And I'm sure people can get in touch with Please you, do. Alicia, on LinkedIn and ask questions as yeah. long as they ask questions. No don't just connect and go you've got any jobs going it's all about yes. curiosity conversation no stalking <laughs> please no stalking we're not, here. we're not advocates for stalking here on the the access vfx podcast uh, but that brings us to 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 a close alicia so i'm going to close the vault unless you've got anything else to add to the vault so i'm going to push it close really heavy I'm going to lock it for another two yeah, weeks it was great it was great well alicia is there any i always like to you know, leave the last bit for any, but once we've closed the, the door, uh, if there's anything you want to plug, anything you're working on, you're allowed to talk about, anything you want to push out there? Uh, or is it just a, thanks for having me. I wish I Drop could. The, the current project I'm working on is NDA. Um, yeah, uh, it's always the way. Oh, that's really but super exciting, if you right? follow me or connect with me on LinkedIn, I'm sure eventually when it does come out, I'll share it and you'll know that's exactly what I was talking about. Um, I guess all I can say is it's another one. 
Awesome. Yeah. What a way to leave it. <laughs> teaser. We haven't had a teaser yet <laughs> on the podcast. Alicia, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Thank you for joining us on the podcast. It's been uh, it's been brilliant. I've learned a lot, as I always do. Um, and I never know how to end a podcast. So I can keep talking and talking until I say goodbye. So I'm just going to say, Alicia Huxbull, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Well, that was episode 26 of the Access VFX podcast. What a brilliant guest Alicia was. Such great advice in there for aspiring talent, teachers, studios and parents. Before you go, just a couple of things. Please go to Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating, subscribe and leave us a review if you fancy it. And most importantly, please get involved with our Foundry and now Netflix-sponsored global e-mentoring program. If you're in the UK, Europe, USA, Canada, Australia or New Zealand, you can sign up for free to get an industry mentor or become a mentor yourself to folks aspiring or just getting started in VFX, animation or games. Please note that in Europe, you need to be 18 and over, the rest of the world, 13 and over. So if you're interested, go to accessvfx.org forward slash mentors. That's accessvfx.org forward slash mentors and change someone's life. Thank you, Alicia, for being such a brilliant guest. Thanks to Tom Box for producing it and for the graphics. And of course, thanks to you for listening. We'll catch you on episode 27, where once again, we'll have another excellent guest lined up for the Access VFX Vault. See you then. (laughs) 